Welcome to the Three Creeks Church Podcast. We're a church in Gahanna, Ohio, that exists to help people find and follow God. We hope this message encourages you, challenges you, and helps you discover how much God really loves you. Man, that gets me fired up. Good morning, Three Creeks Church family. It's so good to be here with you this morning. So as, as Joel has shared already, my name is Ciro, and my wife Hannah and I, whose voice you just got to hear, we've been a part of this church family for just over a year and a half, and, and we've loved it. So if you were here last week, uh, you got to hear a little bit uh, from Joel as he kind of did part one of this two-week series that we're doing, that we're calling Therefore Go. And you got to hear a little bit as well from a family that we'll be sending from our church, right? You got to hear from, from Trevor and from Madeline this last week. And they're going to be, we're sending them as, as missionaries this next year, actually, in just a few months. Now, I, maybe some of you have, have gone on different mission trips before. I know our church has, has developed a partnership with Guinea, and so we've sent a few teams there. And I hear there might be a few trips coming up in the, in the horizon in the near future. Uh, maybe some of you have spent time praying for, for missionaries as well. I know we had a, a really powerful time this Wednesday. We had a global impact prayer night, um, just praying and, and learning about different missionaries and different types of mission work happening around the globe. And maybe you've even supported some missionaries. Maybe you, you know, there's some people that you know, that you've built a relationship with, that you get their updates and prayer letters, and uh, maybe even financially invest in their ministry. But this is a really unique moment for our church because we are getting ready to send our first missionaries from our church. And this is exciting and sad, right? There's lots of emotions there. But ultimately, we know that this is what God has placed upon their hearts. And what's cool is that um, they are just regular people, right? They're awesome. They're amazing, right? Trevor and Madeline, I, I think we all know that. But at the same time, they're regular people, right, who have jobs, who um, love to shop at Costco. We bump into them sometimes after church. You know, they have go-to restaurants they like to uh, eat at in Columbus. They have friends and they have family that they love doing life with. And I'm sure they also have dreams and aspirations and desires for their lives, for their lives of, of their kid that's coming and, and, and maybe more on the way in the future, right? They have all these things. But at the same time, they've been wrestling for many years now about what it means to be obedient to the great commission of Jesus. This call to go and make disciples of all nations. And in that process have developed this burden to go and reach the unreached, to go to a part of the world where there are very, 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 very few Christ followers present or moving to. And so as we get ready to send this family in a few months, these are the two questions that I want to place before you that we'll unpack together this morning. Why go and who will be next? 
About 26 years ago, there was a family who was uh, in a similar situation as the family that we'll be sending. They were preparing to move overseas as missionaries. You know, they had made that decision. They shared with their loved ones. Some of them were like, you're crazy. What are you doing? Why would you, you know, why would you go to another country where you don't know anyone? And what's going to, you know, you're throwing your lives away? Like all these questions, right? Especially because they had young kids. They were very against it. There were others, though, who were supportive. They wanted to make sure that this family was sent well. And at the same time, the parents were wrestling with what this decision would mean for their lives and for their families. How their kids, they would grow up far and distant from their grandparents, their aunts, their uncles, their cousins, their close friends, their church family how they would be exposed to different beliefs about God, about life, about truth, and how they would need to completely uproot their lives as a family to move into a new place where they had never been before, to go and move to this new place where they, only, they, didn't, they knew hardly anyone, just one other family, and learn a new language, a new culture, and a new way of doing life. But, again, they sensed the Lord leading them to this, and so they, they packed up their bags a few months later, and they went and slowly started to settle into what life would look like for them now. This decision that my parents made 26 years ago, in one way or another, has helped shape who I am today. Their willingness to count the cost and moved to a part of the world where there were very, very, very few Christ followers was not an easy decision. And they had no clue how this would impact their lives and our lives as kids. But, but as I reflect back, I'm extremely proud of the decision that my parents made 26 years ago. And I'm extremely grateful for the experiences that I had growing up in the country of Turkey for 18 years. The good and the bad, the joyful and the really difficult experiences that have helped shape who I am today. Now, if there's one parallel that I want to draw between you know, the story of my family and this family from our church that we'll be sending, is that there is still a great need and we must understand why it still matters that we go. And who knows, maybe 26 years from now, we'll see Trevor and Madeline's baby standing where I am today and asking the next generation of the Three Creeks Church family, why go and who will be next? Let me just give a, a quick disclaimer before we continue, um, because, you know, the, the main passage of this series has been the Great Commission, right? And there are so many different applications to this passage. There are thousands and thousands of sermons that have been preached, Bible studies that have been written, right? What we're going to do with the rest of our time is we'll, we'll, look, we'll start a little bit broad, and then we'll specifically focus on going to some hard places around the world. 
partially because that's the kind of place that Trevor and Madeline and their baby are going to, but also because those are the kinds of places that have the greatest need. Ultimately, answering what this call to go that Jesus gave us, answering what that means is between us and the Lord. I'm not here to try to twist anybody's arm, right? That's not why I'm up here. That's not why Joel asked me to to share this morning. I'm just here to, to share about the need, to ask the hard question, and to make space for the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to minister to our hearts. Amen? So let's read this passage for our series. Um, Actually, before we read, I want to pray for us. Lord, I thank you for this morning. Um, Lord, I thank you for the time that the young adults got to have this weekend and just the different ways that you have moved in their lives. You've challenged them. You've encouraged them, Lord. And I thank you that we've gotten together as a church family here in this moment. God, I ask that if there's anything from me, from Cyril, Lord, I pray that you just wash that away. But whatever is from you, Lord, I pray that it finds good soil in our hearts and that it produces much fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, our passage is Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. It's up there. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I'm going to give us three reasons why we are to go. These are going to be very simple, very simple. So the first one is this, is because Jesus commanded us to go. It wasn't just an option that he gave, right, a suggestion, hey, do this if you want to, but if not, it's, it's all good, right? That's not what he said. It was a command that he gave to the disciples then and to us today. And so if we're serious about following Jesus, then we need to seriously consider what our response to his command should be. We find the word go in verse 19 in that passage. And the Greek word is a word that I'm not even going to try to pronounce, but it should go up there in a second. It means to follow one or to become his adherent. In other words, It means to order your lives around something or someone. It's it's much more than just a physical action of going, of moving from one place to another, right? But it's about what our lives are shaped around, what our lives are ordered around. If you were to pause for a second and do a quick personal audit, what would you say that your life is ordered around? Is it uh, family? Is it school? Is it a job? My wife and I, we moved to Columbus almost two years ago uh, because our jobs required us to be up here 
in this general area. And we're actually getting ready to, to, to purchase a home close to where we work. Now, those are pretty significant decisions, right, that we've made that have really uprooted us. But if we look at it, not just from the job lens, but from the Jesus lens, we know that this is how God has called us to be on mission with him in this season of life, to respond to his great commission in this way. Now, have we done that perfectly? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We're still trying to figure out what that should mean for us, right? Because sometimes the big decision of, that we made was easier than the small daily decisions of obedience that we need to continue to make. But what's also hard is that we have been wrestling, similar to our friends who will be sending from our church, we've been wrestling with what it means to be obedient to the great commission of Jesus. And not only that, not just ordering our lives around what Jesus commanded us to, but also the fact that there are many people in many parts of the world who don't know Jesus, who don't have any or very little Christian presence around them, and who have no access to the gospel, to the good news of Jesus. This is the reality that we are living in today. Over 3.2 billion people, 40% of the world's population, have little to no opportunity to hear about what Christ has done for them. That he died on their behalf and that he resurrected to provide all that all who believe in him forgiveness from sins, adoption into a new family, and a renewed relationship with the Father. This is the gospel, and this is the good news that many people around the world lack. That 3.2 billion, 40%, is a mind boggling number. And I'm not just talking about people who don't follow Jesus, right? I know that we, I'm sure we have many people around us, friends, uh, co-workers, family members who are not Christ followers, and we should care about them, right, because Jesus cares about them and cares about their hearts. But when I share that number, when I share that percentage, I'm talking specifically about the people who have little to no access to the gospel, so why go? Here's our second reason. Because people need to hear the good news of Jesus. Romans 1.16, Paul writes that the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Going back to the Great Commission, when Jesus said go, he was already thinking about all the people that would need to hear this good news and to be made disciples. Because he says, go and make disciples of all nations. The word there he uses for all nations, another Greek word that I won't try to pronounce. But it, it's, more, it's, not just about, it's more than just going to every nation or every country in the way that we understand it today. But it's about going to all people groups. And a people group, in the way that is defined, that we understand it today, it's an ethno-linguistic group with a common self-identity that is shared by the various members. What that means 
is that it's a group of people that have a common culture, common history and customs, and a common language. See, Jesus' words, it represented a charge to his disciples to look beyond their own peoples, the Jews, but to look to the Gentiles, to receive power from the Holy Spirit, and to go. And we receive this charge today to go to all people groups, of which there are around 17,000 around the world, to, in the same way, receive power from the Holy Spirit and with His presence to go. Here's a map that shows the progress of the gospel by people group. So you see there's a high... If you were to go and who could tell you, it would take you about 30 doors to knock on to find someone who would be able to tell you about 10,000 doors to knock on. The world over th- are in 0.2 billion people, or around 7,000 people groups are in the no access category. And they're considered unreached or least reached. There's a great resource out there called the Joshua Project. I would highly recommend it. They define unreached or least reached as a people group among which there is no indigenous community of believing Christians with adequate numbers and resources to evangelize this people group without outside assistance. Typically, that means having less than 2% evangelical Christian presence among that people group. Now, the key words there are without outside assistance, which means that there has to be someone who comes in from the outside to support and to resource any believers that they might be there, right, and join them in reaching their people, or for them to go and and preach the gospel and maybe see the very first followers of Jesus come to faith from that community. What's interesting is that there are actually 97 different unreached people groups within the U.S., with some actually in this greater Columbus area. So we actually don't have to go very far to meet them. However, while the migration of these people groups to our communities, to our neighborhoods, it presents an incredible opportunity for gospel witness, right? We're grateful to God that he's brought them here. However, 90% of unreached peoples will never migrate. 90% will never move from the red areas that we saw in that map. And there's a reason why these places remain unreached. Because Christians, Christ followers, are not welcome in these places. And the enemy is fighting very hard to keep it that way. Persecution, social oppression, family rejection, these are all part of the cost that Christ followers need to pay to be in those places. I'll spare the details to protect their identity, but I want to tell you about someone who's very close to my family. We'll call him Victor, who just told his parents three weeks ago that he was a Christian the only one in his whole family. 
Now, his parents first try to talk him out of it, spending hours on the phone with him multiple days in a row, telling him all the hardships that he was going to face now, the jobs that he wasn't going to be able to get, and the pressure that he would encounter from people because he decided to follow Jesus now. When that didn't work, they told him that his whole extended family would disown him and told him that he needed to break up with his Christian girlfriend who was planning on marrying this next year. He told him he needed to break up with her immediately. When that didn't work either, he threatened them. He threatened Victor and every missionary that he knows, including his future wife, with deportation from the country. And it wasn't an empty threat because of Victor's dad's government job and extensive connections in intelligence. And all of this has happened within the last three weeks. In one way, Victor's dad and mom just got to meet a follower of Jesus, his, their son and his girlfriend. And now there are lots of, people, lots of people all over praying for them that God would get a hold of their hearts. But at the same time, the enemy is so furious that he is using Victor's dad and mom to, to create fear and chaos, to try to impede what God is doing in that country, among those people, and in the life of this couple. This is what we are faced all over the world. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers. It's a spiritual battle that we are facing. But we know who will be victorious in the end. We know the end of the story, and we know what is to come. And so here's our third reason why go. It's because Jesus is coming back. The idea of Jesus coming back, it used to bring so much fear to me when I was a kid, right? I used to think, I don't want Jesus to come back. Are you kidding me? There's so much I want to do with my life, right? I want to travel. I want to have a career. I want to, you know, do all these things. I want to get married and have kids one day, right? There's so many things. And the idea of Jesus coming back was like disruptive to that, right? And to be honest, though, I think sometimes deep down, I still struggle with, am I ready for his return? But I think part of the reason is because my mind just can't fathom what it will be like. It's, it's hard to imagine what eternity will, with God will be like when all I know and all I can see is what's right in front of me here right now. I know, but I know it's going to be so much better than we could ever imagine. But I want others to taste that too. I want others to experience that as well. I want to, to, to be in eternity with my brothers and sisters from all over the world. That day is coming when God's mission to redeem and reconcile all creation to himself, the day is coming when it will be fulfilled. 
when the gospel is preached to all nations, when disciples are made from all peoples, when Christ returns, and when that day comes, there will no longer be a need to share the gospel, no longer be a need to send missionaries to other countries. There will no longer be a need to care for the physical and emotional and the spiritual needs of people. All of that will be taken care of. But you know it will continue for all eternity. It's worship. The worship of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit by every tribe and nation and people and language by those who have heard the good news and who have responded in faith and repentance and obedience. That worship will continue forever. And even though the Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, for some, it will be too late. Theologian Carl Henry, this is how he put it. He said, the gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. Now, my initial emotional response to that, right, is to feel a mixture of, of despair and guilt and, and hopelessness, right? And if that's you too, I want you to pause and just to take a deep breath. This is still God's mission. And God is the one who saves. But we should feel some of that weight. And allow that to produce within us empathy and urgency. Empathy to have deep compassion towards those who don't know Jesus, who have no access to His good news. And urgency, not hurry, not desperation, but a level of urgency because our time is short and the gospel must go out. So I ask you three creeks, my church family, who will count the cost and go? We know that we're sending Trevor and Madeline and their baby to go and reach the, the 40%, right? The 3.2 billion people. But who will be next? Who will we as a church family have the joy of sending? Now, some of you might feel excited when you hear that. Others of you might feel anxious, Others of you, maybe you just feel indifferent. But whatever emotion or non-emotion you're experiencing, I want to ask you to, to take that to the Lord in, in just a few minutes. After hearing about the unreached and, and least reached people groups, there might be a couple questions that you know, come to your mind. This maybe is one of them. Why would, why would we go to another country when there are lost people around us? It's a, it's a fair question. It's a good question, right? Because God, wants, God cares about all people. He wants all people to be saved here and there. But here's the difference. 
Think of yourself, and bear with me here, think of yourself as a firefighter, okay? Imagine Jesus said, go and become firefighters, or something like that, right? That's not what he said, obviously, but just pretend with me. So, so when you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to becoming a firefighter, to going out, right, to putting out fires, and to rescuing people. Now, you get a call from a neighborhood in Gehenna, just around the corner, and you get a call from a neighborhood in Detroit, like three hours away or something. And you choose to go to Gehenna because it's closer, and like, who wants to drive all the way up to Detroit, right, just for a day job? Well, when you show up to the house in Gehenna, there are already a hundred different firefighters there working on this house. And you hear later that in Detroit, not just one house, the whole neighborhood was burning and not a single person showed up. And there were no fire stations around there. Now, obviously, that's a hypothetical example, right? It breaks down in so many ways. Um, God is the one who saves, not us. But here's my point. It's that very few people want to go to the hard places. But those are the places that have the greatest need. Now, another question that might pop into your mind, right? If everyone were called to go, then who would stay? It's another great question. I'm glad you asked it. So not everyone is called to go, right, in the sense of packing up your bags and moving to another country. Some of us are called to support and send, and that's very, very, very important, and it's a very good thing. But I'll say this. We first need to wrestle with whether we have truly been called to stay or if we're just assuming that we're supposed to stay because we may not feel like we're called to go or because, you know, it brings up fear or anxiety within us. And if we're called to stay after just honestly asking the Lord, then we need to make sure that we take on the responsibility of sending and supporting and not just staying back. William Carey, he is known as the founder of the modern missions movement and a missionary to India. He challenged his church to own their responsibility to take the gospel to all nations, to all people. Of these people that were challenged, there was one guy, his name was Andrew Fuller. He really took that challenge to heart. He later described this mission to India as the task of a few people going into a deep, unexplored mine with William Carey telling him, I will go down if you will hold the rope. And Andrew Fuller, along with some others, giving William Carey their word that as long as they lived, they would never let go of that rope. If we stay, we are to be rope holders. And if we go, we are to be mine explorers. Neither is a better or worse call. 
and both are to work together in order to, for a common goal, right? For this common mission. And so I want us to take the next few minutes as we wrap up uh, this message. I want us to take the next few minutes to wrestle with some things together. I don't want us to just rush this closing, this moment right now. I'm not just going to pray and, and just have us move on. I want us to sit in this moment for a little bit. And I want you to take whatever posture that you would like. Maybe it's to sit. Maybe it's to stand. Maybe it's to kneel. Whatever that looks like. And I want you to close your eyes and I want you to open your palms. And I want you to ask the questions. God, are you calling me to stay? Or are you calling me to go? Are you calling me to be a rope holder? Or are you calling me to be a mine explorer? Joel said it last week, our invitation into the family of God is our invitation to the mission of God. And the question is, what will be our role? Some of you may need to stay for a few more minutes to reflect personally with the Lord. Some of you may need to go and pray with someone. We have a prayer team in the back. If we need to, we'll ask for more people. Some of you may need to take that step. But the invitation is open. And let God speak to your hearts in this moment. Thanks for listening to the Three Creeks Church Podcast. To find out more about our church, to give online, or to attend a service, visit threecreekschurch.com. Thank you.